the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And it's hour number two. Lifeline, Andy Froyland in for this second half. Good to have you with us. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, they tag me on certain issues because they know I'm the kid guy. Uh, I'm the one with the 10 kids, five at home, five out in the world. And uh, under a variety of uh, circumstances, we still find kids rolling through our house, whether it's uh, foster care or what have you. And so as the kid guy, Wanda Sanchez, our producer, says, hey, I got somebody you need to interview. And I go, okay, well, good enough. And, man, you know, that's the mark of a really good producer when they can come in and nail you every time with some really great stuff. And we've got some really great stuff here tonight. Um, Stephen Williams is going to join us here in just a moment. And uh, we're going to talk about your children in public schools. Uh, You know, your kids come home and they say the darndest things, as Art Linkletter used to say. Uh, But the darndest things they say today are not like the darndest things they used to say to Art Linkletter and Bill Cosby. They they come home with things they say because their friends have repeated them or their teachers have repeated them. And you sit there and you, you do the you do the palm to the forehead face plant and you say, oh man, really? And and you start pulling hair, you start losing sleep, you start talking to your spouse. What do you do? What are we gonna do? Man, we may we need to homeschool, we need to go to Christian school, we, you know, move to another country, do whatever. It it becomes unnerving, nerve wracking, to say the least. When it comes to working your kids through the public school system, and it just get, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse, doesn't it? You have the shiny moments. And to be sure, I, I, am, I, I can guarantee that some of you listening here tonight on Lifeline, you're teachers, you're believers, and you know you've got a great classroom, but the school itself is just horrible. So how do you work through all of these things? What do you do with it all? Well, that's that's what we're going to talk about here as we bring Stephen on in a few moments. We'll work through all of these issues. So do stick around. If you've got kids in the public school system, or if you're thinking about taking them out, then uh, the next the the rest of this hour is going to be for you. Now, now just to just to prep you a bit, our conversation with Stephen tonight and his book is not a simple gripe about the public education system. Rather, it is to give some practical ideas about what is permissible in school, some of the misconceptions that we have in school, also to help you figure out, is there going to be a time when you pull the plug? Or is there going to be a time where you just hunker down and and, and double down on your bet? That is what we want to do tonight. We want to work through some of these issues here in this this last hour of Lifeline and help you 
understand what some of your rights, your responsibilities, and uh, your liberties are when it comes to your children and getting them properly schooled. It's not as easy as it used to be. You know, I'm a product of the early 70s, and uh, boy, I can tell you the California school system in the 70s wasn't the greatest in the world. In fact, I'm I'm reminded of, in fact, it was a a local news uh, anchor that came down from Medford, Oregon. I, I, I was raised in Wairika, California. They came down from Medford, Oregon, because they were doing a story on how the California public school system was failing students. And I can remember being with a group of about five other students as this news reporter is asking us questions, you know, getting getting some tape so they can cut a story together. And one of the kids, one of my friends, I'm not going to name names, the the reporter asked him, what were you going to do with your life? What is it you're hoping to become when you grow up and move on from school? To which he said, I'm going to be in the rodeo. I'm going to be a, 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 a bronc buster, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join the rodeo. <laughs> the newscaster says, great, can you spell rodeo? <laughs> My friend said, sure, R-A-D-I-O. And that was the news story right there in a nutshell, indeed. And this is on a high school campus. We were juniors at the time. It hasn't gotten much better, has it? (laughs) Just one of the many challenges we face in trying to get our kids properly educated. And uh, Stephen is going to join us after the break here, and we'll spend some time talking about his book, Navigating Public Schools. So let's take a quick time out. We'll check your traffic. And when we come back, our conversation with Stephen Williams here on Lifeline. And now back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. It is Lifeline, Andy Froyland. And uh, thank you for joining us here tonight. As we continue with our number two today, we do so with a guest who's got a book out that I think is not just a simple read and put down, but one of those reference books that you're going to go back to time and again, especially, especially if you have children in the home. Uh, This is going to be one of those books you'll need on your shelf and one of those books you'll need to go back to again and again going, okay, now what was this? Yeah, all right, I get it, I get it. Navigating Public Schools. This is about charting a course to protect your child's Christian faith and worldview. And it, uh, if you've got kids in the public school system, you know how challenging that can be. Stephen Williams is my guest. He, along with his wife, Sarah, have authored this book. And we'll spend some time today talking about what you will find inside of these pages and why you need to have this book on your shelf. Stephen, thank you for joining us here on Lifeline tonight. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Andy. It's a blessing to be with you today. It is a delight having you. Uh, Most who listen to Lifeline for any length of time know my passion for kids and where we are coming from as a family. And so to have you with us today is a real blessing. I have five girls. They currently range from homeschool to Montessori to public school. And you can imagine the challenge I've got. In fact, the two of my youngest who are in school uh, are in public school, and I'm looking at maybe moving them away from public school next year. That said, 
there is a real challenge, and, and I, I get it. I see it. For those listening tonight here on Lifeline, I understand the challenges that we face. You, of all people, Stephen, have a, a, an even keener eye on all of this because you're part of the public school system. You're a school teacher, aren't you? I, I was, uh, yeah, for 10 years down in the South Bay area. And that has brought about a lot of insights and information that we want to kind of mine out of you today here on Lifeline. I, I, I want to start with the first premise, at least from my perspective. Now, as, you know, your publicist sends along a few questions, and uh, there's a couple of questions in there that, uh, that tweaked my interest. But I had a few questions of my own based upon one of the questions we'll get to. Uh, I've got an understanding of our government, what it is and what it isn't and what it should be. Uh, For me, one of the things that has always driven me, I guess, has been this idea, this misnomer that the separation of church and state, to the point that even the church believes it. I mean, we have bought into this lie, hook, line, and sinker, could you, as we start our time together, at least let us lay a foundation of, of what it is we want to look at and give us an understanding of what separation of church and state is, what it isn't, where it came from, and why it makes no difference? Sure. Uh, the late Justice, Chief Justice William Rehnquist said that that uh, phrase, the separation of church and state, is a metaphor based on bad history, which has proved useless as a guide to judging, and it should be frankly and explicitly abandoned. He said that back in the 80s, and yet, uh, when I do talks on navigating public schools now, I'm in full-time ministry now, uh, but when we do these talks, people think, well, yeah, that's in the Constitution. Well, it's not, and it's, and it's supposed to represent the Establishment Clause, but it does a very poor job of that, as the late Chief Justice William Rehnquist uh, you know, articulately pointed out. So, yeah, I was just doing a book tour down in the Bay Area uh, this last summer, and there are many, many Christians, a large, I would say, chunk of the body of Christ that has been deceived by this concept of the separation of church and state. And what it does is it tends to uh, make Christians out, you know, to say, well, you can't represent your faith, you can't bring faith into the public sphere, and, and in particular in public schools. But that's that's absolutely the opposite of what the freedom of religion and the Established Clause in the Constitution was supposed to do. It was supposed to allow Christians to uh, live out their faith freely in public schools. And in reality, the courts and uh, the Federal Department of Education has, is, is allowing that today. But sadly, you have teachers who, who don't understand that and can even, like the court case that I was involved in, they can start censoring primary source documents of our nation's history just because they have Christian references in them. And that's where the misuse of that phrase has come into play. And that really has affected, then, how teachers—and and again, this is something that most teachers believe without question— uh, they've bought right. into this. And, and so when we as Christians want to wear a T-shirt or want to bring a Bible to, to, to class, you know, for them, we're breaking the law. How do you go about working through that? And I guess this is where we start diving into your book a bit, Navigating Public Schools. How do we help our children maintain that Christian balance that we're teaching at home 
when they get into the public setting and and there are so many who are dead set against it. It's like it's anathema. You can't talk about Christ. You can't talk about your faith. Otherwise, we're right. we're going to get sued. We're going to lose money. And we're going to how do you do you educate your children more or do you start educating the teachers? Both. <laughs> I think you need to be proactive. One of the whole points of writing the book is that, sadly, there's not a whole, there's really almost no resources, at least in the published book realm, um, on this topic of Christians in the public schools, and in particular, being equipped and knowing your rights in this area. So we start right in the beginning and, and say, look, you need to be equipped. You know, your family's anchor is ultimately Jesus Christ and the Word of God, and you as a family need to be firmly grounded in that, in living out a biblical worldview in your life. And then if, we we say right in the introduction, we're not saying in this book that all Christians need to be in public schools, but we're also not doing the flip side argument that we're saying that, well, all Christians need to get out. What we're saying is you need to pray about it, and you need to be wise. You need to know in your local school do they have you know, an anti-Christian agenda? If they do, then I think more Christians probably should pull their kids out of those classes. But that's not the case across you know, the, the United States. I know schools, teachers, entire districts that are very friendly towards a Christian worldview, and they're not hostile towards it. So you need to be equipped and be proactive uh, in, in all of this. As you work through these issues. And and I guess at this point, I want to stop for a moment. You say pray about it and make sure you're a family who's cut out for the the course that's laid ahead of you. Is Is it incumbent upon parents to make sure that their faith, their life in Christ is something that goes beyond a Sunday school and a Wednesday night youth group? In other words, oh, if, 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 yeah. If, yeah, if if you as parents aren't willing to live out your faith, why should you expect something different from your children in a public setting? And why should you even be concerned about whether or not your children are going to survive a public school? That's right, Andy. It's so critical that the family needs to be living this out, not just in compartmentalized, as you say, you know, for a couple hours on Sunday, we do it and then go live any way we want. Look, Jesus Christ and the Word of God should be orchestrating everything we do. You know, are we loving our wives as Christ loved the church? You know, Ephesians 5. Are we, you know, the type of employers or employees that the Apostle Paul and God exhorts? you know, us to be, we should be living out this Christian worldview in every area. And so, yeah, and then so we pray about it, and then absolutely, you know, what do we do if we're called in the public school system? We should be a light for Christ there, and and we have actually a constitutional protection of um, living out our faith in the public schools. Now, I do want to talk about that. We're going to have to take a break here in just a moment or two, but uh, just to kind of put a bow on that thought you've just brought back to us, uh, the other side of that coin, not only is mom and dad living a life of faith beyond the Sunday morning, Wednesday night, uh, and and a quick little thanks for the food, Lord, let's eat prayer, um, right. there needs to be some wisdom and discernment on the parents' part as well as to whether or not their children are even saved. I, more often than not, and I don't know about you, but I tend to see this a lot, Steve, in the 
parents simply assume since, you know, little Johnny and Susie go to church with them and they say prayers, uh, that means they're Christians. And so we send them to school thinking they're going to be an influence and they're going to be strong in the faith when they actually have no faith to begin with. Uh, is there uh, is there something there where parents need to have that kind of discernment as well to determine what kind of school setting they should have their children in? Absolutely. There's um, sadly the statistics are disturbing. You know, fifty to seventy percent of of evangelical raised teens are walking away from their faith when they leave home. So we do uh, an annual event up here in Bend, Oregon, called the Christian Youth Summit. We had Josh and Sean McDowell this last year, and mm. six or seven hundred came. And but it's so disturbing seeing the number of youth who their parents think they're okay, like you say, and they say a little prayer or whatever, but yet they are totally not with the faith. And so it's really important for parents to not only discern, most importantly, their kids' spiritual state, but also are they equipped to be leaders and not followers, you know, in a public school environment. My guest here tonight on Lifeline is Stephen Williams. The book is called Navigating Public Schools, Charting a Course to Protect Your Child's Christian Faith and Worldview. It is going to be a reference book on your shelf, not just a read once and, gee, that's nice and move along. Uh, It is available wherever they put ink to paper, and you can pick it up electronically or go to your local bookstore. You will find it, Navigating Public Schools. The conversation with Stephen will continue in just a moment. First, let's uh, pay the light bill and check your traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we're back. It's Lifeline. I'm Andy Froyland. My guest is Stephen Williams. The book is called Navigating Public Schools, Charting a Course to Protect Your Child's Christian Faith and Worldview. Uh, not so much advocating that you uh, extract your child from public school, but helping you help your child chart a course through the challenges that 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 your child will face in public schools. Some are friendly, some are anti-Christian, and it becomes, uh, it's more and more the anti that we're finding in public schools, isn't it, Stephen? You know, it, it has. I mean, whether it was, you know, my court case when I, when I was a teacher down in Cupertino, California, where they were censoring, you know, these documents, and they were saying um, that because they referenced the Bible or the founders were referencing their faith, they were saying, well, that violates the separation of church and state. And as mentioned in the previous section, that's just a distortion, you know, of the actual Establishment Clause and Free Exercise Clause. But but more to your point, you know, this uh, we're really praying that this book does breathe bre- just a breath of fresh air for Christians who are feel they feel called to be in the public schools, whether it's parents and students, but we also wrote the book for teachers, administrators, you know, Good News Club, you know, volunteer, you know, people, anyone affiliated with the public school system, coaches, you know, that we pray that this book will be an encouragement that they can constitutionally and appropriately live out their faith in the public school system. When you address this, now, like you said, uh, this is not just for parents, but it is also for teachers as well. But from a parental perspective, what are a couple of things that we as parents can do, not only at home, but interacting with the school as well? I know there was a time when the PTA was, was very potent and powerful, but 
one of the challenges that as parents we're facing is that even within the PTA, you're running across an increasing number of adults and parents who don't want anything to do with our Christian faith. And so we've even, in many respects, lost a foothold in the PTA, haven't we? Oh, yeah. I, I think, sadly, the body of Christ has has tended to withdraw from places of influence in our culture. You know, yes, in public schools, but even, you know, more in media or, you know, politics. Ooh, politics are dirty. I, I can't get involved with that. But, yeah, in the public school system, you know, we wrote a whole chapter. Chapter 6 is take the ship's wheel. Know your rights. Parents and students, even teachers, administrators, have many more rights than they're aware. Like you said, everybody has heard that phrase, separation of church and state, really, ad nauseum. And it, what it leads to do is causing Christians to withdraw. But in reality, uh, for example, primary uh, you know, education level, you know, kindergarten, first, second, third grade, um, full protected by, you know, the, the constitutional protections of, of free exercise and, and free speech. So um, there's many rights that Christians have. They can write an essay, a persuasive essay, as, um, you know, a high school uh, student to say, hey, I believe there's a mountain of evidence to believe in, in Jesus Christ in the Bible, and here's the, the list of evidence. And if they get an F on that, then you call Alliance Defending Freedom or one of the great Christian legal firms, and they will help walk you through, and we give all those references in the book. So know your rights is a big one. And and just as a, as a sidebar, and I'm not sure who your counsel was when you had litigation going on, but Pacific Justice Institute is an amazing uh, uh, resource yeah. to have handy. Um, Brad Dacus and and them are just brilliant at all of this. And in fact, what I'll do is I'll I'll have some information to contact them. And uh, Stephen, like you said, you have other information as well in your book too, don't you? We reference the Pacific Justice Institute and Liberty Council and the ACLJ and all. All the yeah, ADF is the one who represented me uh, during the case in in California. But yeah, like you said, Brad, and there's there's great legal um, uh, you know help out there. And then and one of the great things that's their ministry. Yes. they do it you know for free. So don't hesitate, any listeners, if you're experiencing it, call them right away, and they'll get back to you and help walk through those those you know situations. Navigating Public Schools is the title of the book. We're talking with Stephen Williams, the author, uh, charting a course to protect your child's Christian faith and worldview here on Lifeline. Uh, Stephen, you've referenced this a couple of times, and 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 it was for that very same reason that I started uh, talking to you this evening here on Lifeline with the thought of this misnomer of separation of church and state. Uh, is it safe to say that? Because of the Christian community's severe lack of understanding of politics and history that we, in many cases, find ourselves in the position we're in? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, in the books, we we like to go into the context of how this happens. So we go back and we look at you know, the public school system, what was the role that Christianity played in our education system for most of the United States, you know, history, and then how has it become secularized really over the past 50 years in particular. Um, but yeah, context and knowing our history, I think, is very important, because if you know your history, then you won't be deceived by historical revisionism as easily. 
And and really, uh, historical revisionism, um, um, uh, a loss of uh, truth as, as fact, has really changed the landscape of uh, what we're dealing with as parents when it comes to our children. I mean, a classic case in point, uh, evolution. Um, you know, they teach it as fact when, in in fact, uh, it is nothing more than 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 bad thinking. It, I mean, there there is no real proof to any of this. Uh, it, it's a bad theory, not not actual fact. But yet we get this shoved down our throats as pure fact. How, how, right. Let's use that as an example. How would I take my child who comes home from school saying he's got to do a report on this? Uh, what, did, what can I as a parent do to encourage my child and yet help him succeed in this secular context? So we have an entire chapter uh, it, in, in the book, Chart Your Course, Prepare for Curriculum Issues, and one of them is science. And my wife, who is the brainiac of the family, <laughs> she got a Ph.D. from Stanford in environmental microbiology. So she's, you know, would be obviously considered an expert in this area. And, and she and I, you know, both agree, look, we need to equip the body of Christ so that when a teacher, um, if they're teaching about evolution, that's fine. But where it crosses the line is when they start saying, well, this is the only you know, uh, explanation for how life got here, and if you believe anything else, you're an idiot. Sadly, that's exactly what gets taught many times. So if that happens, we encourage parents, and then we have another chapter on how you deal with conflict resolution, you know, how do you deal with it in a biblical way, chapter 11 and 12, kind of engaging. Um, but yeah, we, we walk uh, people through how do you engage in this, whether it's from a teacher role or from a parent-student role. Um, but yeah, you, you know, it's, it is unconstitutional for um, a Christian to be belittled for believing in creation. And if they are, again, they need to know their rights, how to engage, meet with the teacher first, then with the principal, then with the district, get the help of, you know, Brad and Pacific Justice Institute or any of the Christian legal firms. They'll help you walk you through those those things. But it's it's getting equipped and and then... Then saying, no, it's not okay to, to bully and belittle someone for their rational belief in creation. What you're saying, though, and, and again, I, I think we're going to go back to a, an issue we've already briefly touched on, but what you're saying is, is the parent really needs to be involved in all of this rather than just seeing school as a, a babysitter while I go off to work. It's critical that parents are involved. That's one of the main points in the book, that if the kids are in public schools, then the parents really need to be involved, you know, basically on a daily basis, you know, checking in, seeing how things are going. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's, that's really important. But that's just life. That's just, that's just you know, living out Deuteronomy where, where, where God says, you know, these commandments that I give you today, you know, this, this concept of Christ, we should talk about it, you know, when we lie down, when we get up, when we sit down at, at the dinner table, you know, whenever we're going along as a family, we should be, you know, inculcating and, in, and incorporating Christian beliefs and a biblical worldview into our life. So, yeah, it's very important for parents to be involved. Stephen Williams, my guest tonight here on Lifeline, Navigating Public Schools, is his book, Charting a Course to Protect Your Child's Christian Faith and World View. We have more to discuss, and we'll do so on the other side of the break. 
And now back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we're back. It's uh, Lifeline, Andy Froyland, and my guest, Stephen Williams, talking about his book, Navigating Public Schools, uh, working you and your family through public schools. Is it, is it what you're called to? Uh, how do you know? And if you are called to take your kids through public school, how do you chart that course, especially when public schools are becoming more and more anti-Christian as the days go by? Stephen, as, as, as a parent works through this, you know, I, can, I can hear our, somebody in our audience now going, you know, I, I, I'm glad you're around. I've been working through this. Me and my, my spouse have been praying about this. We've been working with little Johnny through all this, and it's still a challenge, and we're wondering if we should still pull our child and go to a private Christian school or homeschool. How do you know when it's time to pull the plug? Uh, how, how do you know when you've hit that point to where, man, there's just no no give and take here. We've hit our wits end, and this school is just dead set against anything that we stand for. Yeah, I mean, first, uh, like we mentioned, prayer is key. But if you're not here in kind of a thus hit the Lord, you know, in in a way, then then knowing the kind of current climate of your uh, school but also of the particular classroom that your school will be in. There, there's some very hostile school districts. I was in a hostile school district. The Cupertino you know, Union School District was, was hostile to a Christian worldview. But, you know, I was a Christian teacher. Yeah. And there were other many Christian teachers even within that district. So really knowing um, the teachers that your child, you know, will be in. For example, uh, we went to a, a in-service day. And without even meeting the teacher, I'm sitting in this classroom looking around, and, and I look up, and there's no, no United States flag, but there's a flag of Mother Earth, flaming agenda, very liberal, very you know, hyper-environmentalistic type of you know, posters and things were all over the place. So, for example, that classroom, you would not want your child to be in right. that classroom uh, because they're kind of worshiping the, the creation. And so you, you just need to be discerning and, and get involved. And, and here's the thing, get to know other teachers who are in, or sorry, other Christians who are in um, that school, and every, everybody knows, oh, that teacher, yeah, they're pretty hostile to Christianity, or no, you know, this teacher isn't. So getting to know the the climate, basically, of the school that your kids will be in will be very important. There is strength in numbers. And again, uh, you know, as believers in Christ, we are a community. We're a bride. So, it, mm-hmm. yeah, it is incumbent upon us to search out other believers in Christ, uh, not only from the teacher's side of things, but also other students and other parents, which takes me to my next thought, and again, uh, drawing off of personal experience now, <laughs> it's not just the teachers and the challenges that we face with curriculum and uh, the teachers and administrators, but increasingly I am finding that the peers of my children are becoming a real challenge and an issue as well. How do you work through all of that when you've got when you've got little Susie or Johnny coming home from school giving you horror stories about what what their friends, quote-unquote, and I use that, you know, lightly, what their, quote-unquote, friends are saying and doing during recess and when the teacher can't see. Yeah, peer pressure can be great, 
as Psalm 1, you know, talks about, but it can also be in Psalm 1 where you don't, you know, hang out with the wicked and, and let those those types of influences, you know, affect our children. So, yeah, I think it's, it's very important for parents to be uh, very discerning in this area of peers. And um, again, like we talked about before, if you have a student, you know, our, our, we have four girls, 12 down to three, and, you know, we, we've done homeschool, we've done public school, we've done, you know, a variety of both, depending on, you know, if, if one of our kids tends to be more of a follower and more not as grounded, then, then we'll be more cautious with uh, even sending them into a very friendly um, Christian classroom and, and environment. But, yeah, I think, again, prayer, discernment, and, um, uh, you know, seeking the Lord on, on that is really critical. It really is. I, you know, case in point, I mean, I've, I've, my little Gabby, you know, she's only five. She's in TK, for goodness, transitional kindergarten. And she comes home telling me stories about uh, what, what some of the other students have said and how they've said it. And I'm thinking, my goodness, uh, at that point, man, you, you're well beyond uh, an administration, uh, a school administration that's anti-Christian. You've got You've got kids coming from from a home setting that is godless, and and they don't see any problem with it. We've got our three year old in a in a same situation, and that's in a Christian uh, preschool. But even there, she comes home, and her other kids, you know, she's learning stuff. Where we're like, that is totally inappropriate. And so, watch out for even Christian environments. Yes. You really need to be involved in discerning and. Yeah, it it is because there are those uh, Christian schools that in their charter they they line out the fact that they are there not only they're there for the purpose of evangelizing, so they're welcoming students who have no faith based background or or support at home, and yeah, you, 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 like you said, you think you've got a great Christian campus and you really don't, do you? You've got to be diligent right. in in doing your homework with all of this, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, that's why, again, being proactive, engaged, you know, every day, you know, hey, how did the school day go? You know, having that that family dinner time, I think that's, you know, obviously there's exceptions to the rule, but I think as, as a Christian family, we need to be sitting down with our kids, you know, spending one-on-one time with our kids. It's, it's critical to be involved. Well, not only that, but also it, um, introducing them, if you will, and keeping them immersed in in the one piece of curriculum that has stood the test of time. I mean, it's you know we can sit there and talk about prayers during the meals and, and all of this, but uh, I think you even said it in your book. One of the one of the greatest uh, books we've got uh, for our students is the Bible. Right, you have to be aligning yourself with the Word of God. You've got to be you know, incorporating the Word into our kids, you know, at, at, you know, the youngest of ages and, and on up, you know, we, as a family, it's, it's hard, you know, we've got people going in all these different directions, but we try to do a daily family devotional. Sometimes it's four minutes <laughs> or two minutes, right. but, you know, we try to take 10 minutes and we say, hey, you know, what did you learn about Jesus today? All we, we kind of are in a good habit of once we get up, we just get into the Word, and we read the Word for a little bit, and then we try to share as a family uh, sometimes throughout the day, you know, what the Lord showed you in the Word. And But yeah, um, there's great 
books too in that. Boy, Sean McDowell and Josh have written some really good apologetic books for even um, elementary school aged kids. So there's great resources out there. Well, even then, one of the things I've always tried to do with my children, even when we haven't homeschooled, uh, I've always tried to. I, I'm a I'm a history lover. I love history. I'm a buff, and I love it. And I, you know, those who fail to learn from it are doomed to repeat it. And I, I'm convinced right. of that. So even even in those times when it was nothing but uh, public school, not to homeschool, but simply to augment, uh, I would walk my kids through history from a Christian perspective. What is it that founded America? Why was it founded? What are the principles? What did they leave? Why did they leave? I I even dive back into church history. Uh, Is it safe to say that to do that and to keep our kids grounded in our our, uh, public system, the way we run government and why we exist, uh, doesn't that leave them a decent foundation as they grow older and get into the high school ages and college? They absolutely need to know the actual, you know, Christian heritage of this nation, and that's why, you know, we reference in in this book, you know, other great resources like David Barton and Wall Builders is probably the most prolific author of of great materials in that area. You know, people like the seventh president, Andrew Jackson, he said that the Bible is the rock upon which our republic rests. And you know you had these these all of the the you know founders really understood this. There were there was just a few um, deists you know back then, Ben Franklin among mm-hmm. some others. But right. um, but yeah, the the biblical foundations of this nation are deep, and so I think getting some good primary source quotes and getting some good supplemental materials in history is is very important. Our guest tonight has been Stephen Williams. His book is called Navigating Public Schools. It's charting a course to protect your child's Christian faith and worldview. And uh, it is, it, it is as I've already mentioned a couple of times, it's a reference book. It's not going to be one of those books that, uh, you know, you stick next to your chair and read it and then put it on a shelf and let it collect dust. This is going to be one of those books that you'll go back to time and again, not just for parents. For our teachers listening today, you want to know what you can and can't do? Really? Not according to your administrator or principal, but according to the Constitution and, and, and God's Word? Well, then Navigating Public Schools is for you. Available wherever they put uh, ink to paper, as I always say. Again, Barnes & Noble or online at Amazon. Navigating Public Schools. Stephen, thank you for joining us here tonight on Lifeline. It's been a treat. Thank you, Andy. It's a blessing to be with you and yeah, praying that the Lord would stir up uh, the listeners to live out their faith everywhere. Thank you, Stephen. Definitely a prayer I can echo as well. And that is going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. As mentioned, there are a couple of things, uh, a couple of items of business to take care of real quick before we let you go. If you do need Pacific Justice Institute's help, Brad Dacus, you can reach them at 916 8 Five seven sixty nine hundred. Again, their phone number is nine one six eight five seven sixty nine hundred. A lot of information, a lot of resources available at pji.org or pacificjustice.org. Tons of information, helpful articles. So there you go. As promised, that is how you get a hold of the Pacific Justice Institute. 
if you need their help. Maybe you, your student showed up to school in a I Love Jesus shirt and got kicked out. Now, that's, that's who you call Pacific Justice Institute. Well, as mentioned, I do trust and pray that our time together tonight was uh, encouraging for you. Stephen has put together a book that will go beyond just a simple read. You will be using this over and over again time after time, repeatedly so in a redundant fashion. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen, again for being our guest here tonight on Lifeline. To Jarrell, our engineer, thank you. Can't do it without you. Can't do it without our producer either, Wanda Sanchez, who finds guys like Stephen and says, well, you need to talk to this guy. And, oh, yeah. And so we do. And then, of course, your ears round out that necessary trifecta. Can't do it without you either. Thank you for being a part of our show tonight. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Media Group. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.